I don't want to have to live every day by my calendar. I don't want every minute of my day scheduled down mm -hmm. to the minute. And my friends, that is not what I'm suggesting. <laughs> what I'm suggesting is your day is designed so that at the end of each day, you feel proud of your life. Welcome to How Do You Feel, a podcast with info and inspo to help you tune in to your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Casey Zavaleta, and together we'll explore how we can optimize our physical and mental health so that we radiate positivity and happiness from the inside out. You're only as good as your systems. I think it's something that we hear in business a lot, but I want to challenge everyone to translate that to their own personal lives as well and to think about the systems that are in place for how you manage yourself, your time, and your day. I've said it before, and I will continue to say it again and again, time is our most precious resource. There's nothing worse than feeling like time completely got away from you. There's nothing worse than looking back on a day, a week, a month, or a year and wondering, how did I use my time? Where did all that time go? And being unsure whether you really maximize the use of that one most precious thing in your life, your time. Whenever a topic arises that I feel like has really impacted and changed my life for the better, I always have this itch to talk about it on the podcast because I love to share those concepts with all of you who tune in and listen every week. Time management is one of those topics. Since putting a system in place for myself, as far as how I manage my time and my schedule and my calendar and making sure that I'm preserving a good level of work and life balance and setting boundaries for myself, my life has become dramatically better. I feel like I have ownership over every single hour of my day. And as Michael will explain in this podcast, it's not about being rigid. It's not about having no improvisation or flexibility in your life because there's no fun in that. It's about being in the driver's seat and looking back and knowing what you've accomplished and knowing that you've done your best to use your time as best as you could. There is no better person to talk about time management than Michael Keeler. Michael is a facilitator, consultant, and entrepreneur with two decades of experience in customer-centric businesses. He's driven to share his passion and knowledge with other business owners to help them make the greatest positive impact on the world and build the life that they have always envisioned. Michael's unique approach combines his hands-on experience as a business founder and CEO with expert coaching and consulting skills to help entrepreneurs reach their goals faster and with less stress. He currently has two very successful businesses, the first of which is called Mark Fisher Fitness, which is a fitness company that operates out of New York City. His second business is called Business for Unicorns. This business provides many resources for entrepreneurs, from classes to workshops to mentorship programs, in order to help business leaders hone in on their skills and really find further success in whatever it is that their business does. 
hearing Michael speak is inspirational and motivational for sure. But the really special thing that he does is he gives you the tools and the skills and the application to be able to go out and apply the skills that you've learned to better yourself, better your business, and better your life. This podcast episode was a great one in which I got to talk to Michael about the Business for Unicorns time management system. You'll hear more about the details of the system in this podcast, but I highly recommend that you get out a notebook, get out a pen, and jot this system down because if you implement it in your life in a way that works for you and fits in with what you believe in, it will 100% change the way that you use your time and it'll change the way that you're able to feel ownership over the use of your time. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I had a lot of fun recording it. So without further ado, here's my conversation on time management with Michael Keeler. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the How Do You Feel podcast. I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Well, thanks so much for having me. What a a treat. Yeah, of course. I'm excited for this conversation. Because once upon a time, I did not deliberately manage my time in any way, shape, or form. I had a massive, (laughs) yeah, it wasn't good. (laughs) I had a massive running to-do list, which I think a lot of people can relate to, but I had no concept of what I was actually going to get to when, um, and that was very stressful. I felt very just sort of like at the mercy of the tasks that I had to do with no real control over them. And then, you know, in addition to that, I didn't put life tasks on my to-do list. So I felt very torn between life things and work things and feeling like I didn't quite ever get to enough of both. So I'm really excited to talk to you today because I have heard about your time management system that you guys have come up with through Business for Unicorns. I love it. And I think everyone needs to hear about it. Yay. Well, thank you so much for helping us spread the word. And I'll start just by saying, like, clearly you're not alone. You know, we've heard repeatedly from people um, for years that either run their own businesses or just have complicated lives, which is most people these days, <laughs> were pulled in a million directions. And so that's why my business partner, Mark, and I created this course. It's called mm-hmm. Time Ninja. And it's specifically to help people like yourself and most humans who never, we never, never taught us how to manage our time. You know, yeah. it's, it's not a course in school. It's even when you, even when you get an advanced degree, you know, no one teaches you how to manage yourself and your time, your to-do list, your calendar. And so that's the first thing we should talk about. Why does no one teach humans how to do that? It's such an important life skill. But anyway, that's why we created this course because you're not alone. There's so many people who just dump all their stuff in a to-do list or don't have one at all. And so that's mm-hmm. why we created this course and our, our time management system. Yeah, it's so true. We never learn these skills. I mean, that would have been so useful in college, in university, launching into your first job. I mean, but we just, yeah, we don't, we're not taught the skills for how to manage ourselves, but it is so I would have much rather learned something like this than like chemistry. I mean, (laughs) all due respect to chemistry, but it does not serve my life in this moment. (laughs) Yeah, this applies to everything. So my first question for you is, how do you feel about to-do lists? Yeah, it's a great question. I think to-do lists are really important. I'll say that they're not sexy, but they're important, right? No one, no one gets really like, well, not many people, there are some, not many people get like stoked about talking about to-do lists or planners or 
any of those things. Some unique people do, for yeah, sure. No, I, know right? a, I know a few of them. <laughs> yeah, people who come into our time management <laughs> course with like a beautiful bullet journal, you know, that yeah. they've been working on for months. You know, there's some people who like really love the craftsmanship of making a to-do list, or they're really super type A, so they love spreadsheets and organization. There's plenty of those folks. Mm-hmm. But even those folks, I don't know if they really, not many of them that I've met, and that's probably because they're coming to a time management course, <laughs> but really know how to turn the, even that passion into a useful system for managing tasks and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think to-do lists are so important because as we talk about, and I think you probably heard this on our webinar, you know, time management is really kind of a bad name for what we're talking about. It's really kind of life management, right? How you manage your time is how you manage your life. Mm-hmm. And ideally we're putting our time, we're spending our time aligned with the things that we value most. So our time is spent on the people and the things and the projects and the impact that we care about the most, but that's kind of rarely the case because we don't have a good system for both understanding our values and then translating that to how we spend our time. And it's, you know, it's our one non-renewable resource. You know, we can get more money, we can get more friends, (laughs) you know, we can get more jobs, we can get all kinds, but we can't get more time, you know, and I think it's so important that we spend it wisely. And that's, what a to-do list and other tools I'm sure we'll talk about help us do is help us put our time and our energy and our effort towards the things that we say we care about most. Time is our most precious resource. You're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is so key. And I think that the ideal would be if you were able to look at your schedule and the breakdown of it, and then you would look at what matters most to you in life, you would see the translation between like you're spending the most time in the things that matter most to you. But I think a lot of people, when they're not when they're not really deliberately thinking about this, it's not the case at all. There's a huge yeah. mismatch. Yeah, for sure. I ask almost anyone, and the top thing people say they value is family. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yes, almost anyone, and probably top three or if not top five, on people's list will be family. Then you say, okay, well, whip out your calendar. Let's see how you spent your time over the last month. And more times than not, that's not true for everyone, but I'm generalizing here, more times than not, you look back and there is little to no time that was purposefully, thoughtfully, strategically spent on family, <laughs> you know? And then we get, you know, months and years into our lives and our careers. We look back with a lot of regret. I wish I would have watched my, my little brother grow up more closely or spent more time with my mom and dad or spent more time with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that's one of the things that good time management skills helps us do is to live without regret because we're living purposefully and intentionally every day with how we spend our time and who we spend it with. I think the most important thing there is understanding that when you do carve out the time for those things like family that at the end of the day are going to matter to you the most, it supports your mental well-being so much. It makes your life your work life more sustainable. It makes you that much more invigorated and excited. And, you know, it's about your mental and emotional well-being so much also. So we have to think about that when we think about managing our time. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, when people are managing their life well, and then, you know, and a byproduct of that is managing your time well, then we are spending our life in a way that we are living our best life. And right? it's a cliche that we all use these days. <laughs> but I mean, ideally, you're designing your life in a way that you are getting to fill up your cup on a regular basis, that you feel fulfilled and energized and like you belong and like you matter. And that, you know, you're connected to people around you in life that also see you and care about you. Um, And like all of that doesn't happen by accident. 
you know, you're not going to accidentally wake up one day and all of your time will be spent on things that you really care about. <laughs> you know, it's a thoughtful, step-by-step, -step, strategic process to really make sure you are creating and designing your life in a way that um, is going to make you proud of it every morning. And, you know, and one of the things we talk about in our time management course is designing your day, you know, is so that you're setting up games you can win. Mm-hmm. Right. That's an overarching theme I think is really helpful for people to keep in mind is you want to set up every day and by extension every week, every month, every year as a kind of game you can win. And we can talk more about the details in that. But I think that's just a really useful framework to think about is that it's, it's all a game. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all spending time just like you spend money and you have to spend it on the things that matter most to get the kind of return you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the playfulness and the, the way that you guys say that, but yeah. it really is, it just comes down to like setting yourself up for the small wins, which will keep your momentum moving forward and keep you feeling fulfilled and, and satisfied. Let's talk about your time management model that you guys kind of lay out, your CATS model. So why is it important that people capture everything, as you say, and get all of their tasks down into one place, including those life tasks and life things? Yeah, it's a really great question. And just to start with the big picture in mind. So when we created this time management course, we created a really simple acronym, CATS, C-A-T-S. And I'm sure we'll probably go through all the letters, but it's a really simple, kind of dumb, kind of silly acronym, just because it's easy to remember, <laughs> CATS. Um, and the C stands for capture everything. And the reason this is so important is because our brain is for having ideas, not remembering ideas. We're actually we have terrible memories, most people. Some people claim they have extraordinary memories, but on the whole, if you stuff humans' brains full of so much information, they won't remember it. Mine's terrible. How, My yeah. husband asked me to do something in the morning and it's gone an hour later. And he's like, how is that possible? Yeah, yeah. I'm, so just, like, I'm just like you have the worst memory. If it's not written down, it doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? um, which, you know, makes systems like this even more important. And so I think, and in, in for a lot of people I talk to, especially when they first come to our course, they're starting with their to-do list just being in their head. You know, ask someone what they got going on. They're like, oh, I don't know. It's just this long list I'm keeping in my, I'm like, well, where is the list? Well, I'm, I'm just remembering it. Well, you're probably not. <laughs> you're, you might think you're really good at remembering all the things you have to do just in your head, but your, your, your brain is a terrible uh, tool for that. It's good at lots and lots of things. It's miraculous. And it's not good at remembering detailed lists, especially given the fact that um, if you really asked everyone to write down all the things they're responsible for, knowing or doing or deciding in a given day or a given week, it is hundreds, if not thousands, if you wrote down all of them. And we do that in our course, we do a time audit. So I've seen people's lists for all the things they do in a day. And it is easily no less than 75 to 100 things wow. <laughs> every single list i've seen you know when you really put down you know showering and commuting and eating all the meals and spending time with family and you know morning and nighttime rituals and work things yeah. <laughs> you know all of the things um and so that's why our brains are just so bad at being this the tool for our to-do system so one of the things we recommend is capture everything all in one place. So everything you have to do has to go all in one place. And we're kind of agnostic about what that place is. You can use a notepad, like a bullet journal, or just a blank piece of paper, blank pieces of paper <laughs> stapled together. I don't care. As long as it's one consistent place, you can even use digital things like apps or um, uh, just the notes feature on your phone. But it has to all be in one place or the rest of the R system is not going to be as useful. And 
I'll, I'll give you an even example in my workplace. My other business, besides my business of unicorns, is Mark Fisher Fitness, a fitness company here in New York. And I'm notorious for, <laughs> for being really anti-post-its. Yeah, uh, I know some of your listeners might be like, gasping at this moment, but post-its are basically banned from my business. <laughs> Anyone knows if they squirrel away a poster somewhere in a cabinet, I'm going to find it and I'm going to throw it away. And that's for the exact reason we're talking about here is that if something is important enough for you to remember to do, that you want to write it down somewhere, it deserves to be written down somewhere where you're going to be able to find it again. And a post-it is a, it's like barely sticks to anything. I know they don't even stick. They fall off the wall anyway. It's terrible. It's It's terrible. And so it's like, if this is important enough for you to write down or remember, then put it somewhere where you're going to find it again. Uh, And I get that, you know, I think, I know there's some utility for post-its in terms of them being like really present in your face and stuck in places where your eyeballs are often going. But ideally you develop a relationship with wherever you're capturing your task that you are looking at it multiple times per day. You don't need a post-it hanging on your refrigerator or your computer screen or your bathroom mirror because you are going to have a relationship with your to-do list that is by definition one where you are looking at it and managing it and treating it like a garden you're tending every day. Yeah, that makes total sense. It's interesting, like with the capture everything, it really allows you to get the bigger picture of also what you need to do for life. So when you Mm -hmm. talk about showering and commuting, like I think we're so quick to forget that those tasks take up time and energy and space in our lives, like all the little things. So when it all goes into that one place, you can finally start to wrap your mind around, okay, like how many work tasks and what work tasks are, are going to happen today along with all of the other things that I need to accomplish in my life. Yeah, you're so right. And I think that that really helps with, I'm sure the next step, which we'll get to, which is you have to be able to compare all these things to each other to decide what's most important for you to do next. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have things on the list, like your personal life, like spend time with my spouse or partner, or like go grocery shopping <laughs> or like eat dinner. Some people, if they don't have that on the list, they'll, it'll never become a priority because it's, it's not even competing on the same page with other things like my project at work. You know, and so I think that's why it's so important to see them all in one place, capturing everything personal, professional, spiritual, whatever, anything that you have to spend your time on has to go all in one place. You can then compare them to each other, which is the second part of the system. Right. So A in the CATS model is analyze daily. So can you give us kind of the considerations for analyzing your tasks um, and deciding what should happen when? Yeah. Well, I'll start with just practically what this looks like is that every day you have a ritual of spending a you know five or 10 minute date with your to-do list. And what you're doing is just kind of looking, and ideally we recommend people do this at the end of their day. This is the signal to yourself that your work day is over and you're you know, your, your non-work day is beginning. And for most people, that's, you know, a morning till mid-evening kind of task. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, we ask you to spend five, maybe 10 minutes. At first, it might be a little longer. And what you're doing is you're going back through all the things you accomplished for the day, make sure they're crossed off your to- to-do list, prioritizing what you're going to do the next day and planning out your next day that night deciding in advance what you're going to do tomorrow. Really important. We can talk about why. And then maybe even looking ahead at the next few days or next few weeks and plotting out and putting in place 
times for you to do the key tasks. Basically, this is what people call prioritizing, right? This is deciding which things to do first, which things are more important than other things. And you can only do that when you have all these things listed in one place. And so some of the ways we recommend that people think about how to prioritize tasks are really simple. This is a, one, one of the things we recommend is a, comes from Stephen Covey. It's this idea of things being urgent and or important. So we all know what urgent means. It means it's time sensitive. And we all know what important means, which means it's like a really high value thing to do. And so that's one model. And you can read more about this if you Google, Google Stephen Covey and urgent versus important. I won't get into the weeds because it's a quadrant model and yada, yada. And it's hard to visualize on a podcast, <laughs> but <laughs> Google it um, or read his book. Um, the thing that's most important to recognize here is that when you think about those two categories, the things you want to prioritize first are the things that are both urgent and important. And the things you want to take off your plate and delegate and or not do or just decide to prolong or kick down the road are the things that don't feel either urgent or important, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's part of editing. That's part of editing the list. It's like, okay, now that I've really, this thing is sat on my list for uh, several days or weeks, I'm really realizing that's not super high value. It's not super important uh, or else I probably would have done it sooner. And it's certainly not urgent because there's nothing pressing me to do it right now. But the other stuff on my list, there's plenty of things on here that are both urgent and important. Maybe I can just get rid of this for now, right? Maybe I just delegate this to someone else. Maybe I just delete it for now or I delay it. And those three Ds are really important. Delete, delegate, um, and delay. Uh, and those, that's one way we ask people to go through the to-do list. So prioritize the stuff that feels urgent and or important. Get rid of the stuff that doesn't feel either. And make sure you're using those kind of three Ds to continue to edit and thin out your to-do list. Um, another thing to consider when you're prioritizing is, is this task easy for me or is it hard for me? And that matters because we like to say that most people, this is not everyone, but most people wake up in the morning and they feel really crisp. They feel really alert. They have a lot of energy. And during that time, we really recommend they spend that energy, that crisp, fresh brain on the hardest things, the things that are really challenging for you. That's not the time to like write your checks and like do something that's really simple for you. You really want to use that freshness to focus, focus something hard because at the end of the day, we like to say that people's brains kind of get crispy. So we go from kind of crisp to kind of crispy and fried at the end of the day. At the end of the day is when you want to spend your time doing things that are kind of easy. You can do brainless activities uh, at the end of the day because you got nothing left. <laughs> so that's another consideration. And the last one we, we really talk about a lot is just whether it's fun or not. You know, when things, when things are fun, it's a little bit like they're easy. Something's really fun for you. And usually you can do that later in the day when you're a little tired, a little run down, your brain's a little crispy because you're looking forward to it. It's kind of exciting for you. So you don't want to get up in the morning and do all the things that are the most fun for you and the most easy for you when you're the freshest. But that's what most people do. <laughs> right? That's what most people do. Yeah. They get up and they get that low hanging fruit. They, yeah. they, what do I feel like doing right now? I feel like doing things that are fun and kind of easy. I can quickly check off my to-do list. And that's kind of the opposite of what we suggest in the course. And a lot of the research shows is um, a more productive way to be. Mm -hmm. I think people get really excited to just check things off the list. So if there's something yeah. that'll take them five minutes, they want to pull that that first, right? Because yeah. if you get that little hit of dopamine when you, when you check it. <laughs> Um, That's it. But yeah, That's it. yeah, it's so important to remember that you're mapping out your whole day. And so when you're looking at your whole day or your whole week, you're able to take all of those things into consideration to really make good decisions about what's happening when.
Yeah, you got it. And that, that brings us back to what I said earlier, which was, this is why it's so important for you to plan your day the night before, right? Because if you wait till the morning and you get up and say, what do I feel like doing today? And you go with what I feel like doing. You're really talking about this kind of short-term you, this kind of like you in the moment. And you're going to just follow your emotions throughout the day. And your emotions will make a lot of decisions for you, which is not wrong. It's just not always the most productive. But if you're doing it the night before and you're focusing on the future you, you know, you're more likely to be thinking from this 5,000 foot perspective about like, what's best for me long-term? What's best for me overall? How do I want to design my life? And from that space, you will design a different day, most likely than you would have if you just followed your feelings all day. That's so true. It's kind of like you're coaching yourself. You're coaching your tomorrow self. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Next in the cat's model is C. So, or Nope. T. <laughs> Spelling. <laughs> T. We're transferring to a calendar. So now we're actually taking all of these tasks and time blocking them onto a calendar. Why do you suggest that people do that and do their best to kind of work in these blocks of time throughout their day? Yeah, I think that it's, a, it's, it's really important that people get that this is essential to being good at managing your time, managing your life. We hear all the time people say, I just don't, I don't think I have time to do everything I need to do. Mm-hmm. And we'll say, okay, well, what makes you say that? Uh, and they'll say, well, there's just not enough time. I'm like, okay, well, how, how do you know? Well, I just, I just don't have any. Well, how much do you have? You know, and then they just don't have any sense of how their time is actually being spent because it's all up here in our heads. <laughs> and so having a really positive, productive relationship with your calendar is so, so important. It helps us do a few things. One is it helps us get realistic about how much time in our week we have to do any given task. You know, let's just say you work an average, you know, 50 hour work week. Cool. Well, what are those 50 hours made of? And if you're not crystal clear on that and your boss comes to you and says, Hey, I had a brand new project for you. Can you take it on? How do you even answer that realistically if you're not clear about how your time is being spent? Same thing in your personal life. You know, your partner may be deciding to have another kid, you know, and you're just like, oh, well, um, it feels like we have enough time. I don't know. Well, how do you know? You know by actually putting things on your calendar that you're doing. So you can look back and be like, oh, well, look, we've had actually most weekends have been free for us for the last three months. And we've actually been able to just hang around the house and, you know, we've been done work at seven o'clock every night. We can see that because it's on our calendar. That's really useful. Or your, your boss, you can say to your boss, you know what? I have time to help with the project. I got about five extra hours in a week. Is that enough to maybe help someone with the project? That's really useful. <laughs> so anyway, the first thing it helps us do is get realistic with how much time we have. And the second thing it helps us do is get better at estimating how long things take to do. There's this thing that we're constantly fighting against that's called planning fallacy, which is just this tendency humans have to kind of underestimate how long things take. You know, which is this why is what people, I'm learning right now, yeah. 100%. Yeah, this yeah. has been like my learning lesson over the last maybe six months. <laughs> yeah. I just think I yeah, can do so much. I'm not realistic mm-hmm. about how long certain things are going to take. And so, yeah, when I, when I map it out into my calendar and then I see that I'm not staying in the blocks I thought I would, I, I'm learning how to better manage my time that way. It's feedback, but it's yeah. tough. That's huge. I'm, I'm, you know, bravo to you. Round of applause. Uh, the, the fact that you're doing that and actively learning, that's the only way to get better at this. You know, I, I can't recommend like a book that's going to make someone suddenly better at overcoming planning fallacy. It's a process of trial and error of saying, okay, well, I know, for example, you know, I know you're probably a content creator. You might like write blogs on a regular basis. And, you know, I imagine I can bang out, bang out a blog, like a first draft in like an hour. But when I sit down, 
and I do it more repeatedly and with that hour block of time, I realize I'm never done in an hour. Mm. I'm like maybe done half of it or like three quarters of it, but I'm not fully done the first draft. So why do I keep pretending that it's only an hour? Yeah, so you have to keep learning from that constant feedback and say, okay, well, next time I'm going to put in 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Next time I'm going to put in two hours and just really pad it. So if I get interrupted or something, someone comes in and wants to talk to me or I have to put out a fire. It's what everyone always says. There's always a fire to be put out and that deters you, that distracts you from the task at hand. Those are the things that get us off track. It's not just that we're crappy about knowing how much time things take. It's that we're, we're cra- we really underestimate how many distractions we have in our life. You know, there's some research that says, you know, every time your phone buzzes or dings or, you know, vibrates, it takes your brain a full 10 to 15 minutes to get back to the task you're at before that vibration. Can you imagine our phones are doing that all the time? Not to mention, <laughs> not to mention the things that are happening on our computer screens that are distracting us from the task at hand. And so we talk, we dive into this a lot in our course and talk about ways to minimize all these distractions. But mm-hmm. this is going back to my point. I'm a rambler, rambler today. I had a lot of caffeine. <laughs> this is why it's so important to get everything on a calendar. So as part of that daily ritual, at the end of your day, that 5, 10, 15 minutes where you're looking at your calendar, looking at what you did for the day, you're going to then put blocks of time on your calendar for the next day, the next several days, the next week. So you have time on your calendar to do the things you say you're going to do. And that way, when you wake up every morning, your job is not to make any decisions about your day. Your job is just to execute your day. And show up and, and do the day you designed mm-hmm. from the 5,000 foot perspective of thinking about the long-term you. Uh, and that, that saves us a lot of energy. It saves us a lot of time. If you get to that, that two-hour block of work time to work on your blog, and at the start of the two hours, you know that two hours is made for that blog, you don't have to do any thinking about it. You just sit down and start writing. You don't say, okay, what am I going to do with this hour I have? You know, and that's what most people waste their time doing is, to, is in transitioning from one task to the next. We waste a lot of our energy, mental energy, especially in the transition from one mode of working to another. And so designing your day in advance and just executing makes that so much more efficient. 100%. It's incredibly powerful. Like the amount of stress and confusion and mental energy that that relieves is massive. I've noticed such a difference since I started doing this. The last step of the CATS model is my favorite personally, because I believe very much in the power of reflection. So the S stands for seek improvement. So why do you encourage people to look back and reflect on how the system is working for them and what's going well and what might not be? Yeah, great. And I love that you love this one. I think it's my favorite too. And it's because this is a topic where you're not going to be done one day. You're not going to one day wake up and be like, you know what? I, I, I nailed time management. I'm done. <laughs> you know, like my system that works for me today is going to work for me tomorrow. It's going to work for me next month and next year and five years from now. We're not static beings. We're constantly changing. Our lives and our circumstances are constantly changing. And so the final step of any good system, whether it's a system in your business or in your personal life, is auditing the system, right? Is constantly improving and maintaining the system. That's why we really recommend that on a regular basis. We really recommend probably monthly taking a moment, putting on your calendar, even just a 30-minute check-in with yourself to say, how is this cat system working for me? Am I doing a good job of capturing everything? Am I actually getting everything on there? Am I leaving some stuff off? 
Do I love the system that I'm using? I've been using an app for that. How is that working for me? Do I want to try a notebook for a little while? You know, uh, and then analyzing daily. Hey, I've been spending time at the end of every day looking at my tasks, planning the next day, but it's been taking me a while. It's been taking me like a full 30 minutes. I want to get that down to 10 minutes. How can I do that? You know, it's, it's this process of just going through the CATS, <laughs> you know, and saying, where can I continue to make improvements? And what also happens is that your life will change. You'll have a new job suddenly growing the family, you know, you were sick for a few weeks, you were on vacation, you're, you know, these are the things that constantly throw a wrench in the system working consistently the same every day. I hear people all the time say things, especially in the, in the fitness space, like, you know, I can't work out, I was on vacation, or my, all my time management went out the window, I was on vacation. What? What? Why? Like, there's no reason for that. If you want that to be the case, cool, right? But there's no reason for that to happen accidentally. You know, you can still move your body and you're still putting food in your mouth on vacation. So fitness and food, you can still do on vacation. You can still be intentional about it. And the same thing is true with your time. You're still spending your time. Your day consisted of something, some activities. So just being intentional about it can look different and different times and moments in your life. So I think seeking this constant improvement is just seeking to continue to tweak the design of your life. Mm -hmm. And being intentional about your time doesn't mean that you're constantly doing something like, for example, productive for work. Mm hmm it's just being intentional about the blocks of time that you have for yourself. And that could be scheduling in a mental break. Like that could be scheduling mm -hmm. in a, you know, hang, watching a TV show, hanging out with your partner. Like it doesn't have to mean that it's go, 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 go all the time. It's just realizing that you can go, go, go until you need the break. And then like being intentional yeah. about the break as well. Right. 100%. And you know, this is a, often a big misconception. And I hear this a lot from people every single time I've heard this, every time we've taught, taught this content, as people say, well, well, you know, I don't want my whole life to be so structured. I don't want to have to live every day by my calendar. I don't want every minute of my day scheduled down mm -hmm. to the minute. And my friends, that is not what I'm suggesting. <laughs> what I'm suggesting is your day is designed so that at the end of each day, you feel proud of your life. Nice. At the end of each day, yeah. you are stoked about the way you spent your time. Mm -hmm. That might mean for some people who have the flexibility to do it, that you, know, you might have every Saturday scheduled in free day, do whatever that F you want. Cool. Like that's amazing. The point here is that we want you to choose that consciously, right? You want, we want you to design that in and choose that and not have do whatever the F you want, be the kind of default mode from day to day. Because in the absence of structure, we're always doing whatever the F we want, you know? So if you want time like that, if you want free time, friend time, meditation time, movie time, read book time, garden time, whatever it is you want to spend the time on, put it on the calendar. It doesn't have to be all work. Uh, yeah. So by all means, it's about being conscious and intentional about the life you're designing for yourself by making sure what you value, what you care about is represented in how you spend your time. But you get to decide what that looks like. Yeah, 100%. I'm so glad that you, that you helped us understand that distinction because that's so key. I think that when I, the way that I approach this personally is when I look at the schedule that I've set out for myself during the day, I'm making efforts and um, making every effort to stick to that schedule. But if something comes up, for example, and if I don't, 
it just gives me that much more power to be able to say, okay, well, fine, here's what I didn't get to today. And so here's what I have to slide into the next day, or now I need to make some adjustments. And I have the power to decide to do that now because it's conscious, because I understand it. It doesn't just feel completely out of my control. I didn't do everything I thought I would today. And now I have so much stress. So it doesn't have to be rigid. It's just a planned, deliberate, conscious thing. Yeah, that's it. We, we all know that plans are going to change. Well, you know, what do we say all the time that plans never work, right? But planning <laughs> always does, right? So the plans don't always happen exactly as we plan them. But the process of you getting clear about what do I want? What do I want my day to look like? How do I want to be spending my time? What is the balance between my personal and my professional life? And getting that down on the calendar will mean you are more likely to live a life that looks like what you want. <laughs> but it's not going to happen by accident, right? Yeah. It's not going to happen if you're not intentional. Well, I should say it's much less likely for it to happen if you're not intentional about it. So I think that's, it's a great distinction. Your plans will change, but if you have your calendar blocked out and you know a meeting runs over so you can't get to that next hour where you're going to get some work done, then cool. Where does that hour go next? Is the first thing you do tomorrow? Do you cancel dinner with your friends and do it that night? Mm -hmm. But you have to, it doesn't disappear, right? It has to move somewhere. And we dive into those kind of details uh, further in the course, but I think you're, you're spot on there. Cool. This sounds like an awesome course. I need to take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. We have one coming up, I think. Cool. What are the tools that you personally are a fan of to help you manage your time? Are there any apps or are you like an pen to paper kind of guy, what's your system and your process? Yeah, well, so, you know, somewhat famously, my business partner, Mark Fisher, and I are very opposite here. He's very much a pen and notepad guy. He's, you know, one of those weirdos, no matter where he is, he's carrying around like a giant notebook, no matter literally where he is, uh, which people just gotten used to now, just he'll never be anywhere without it. Um, and that's amazing. It totally works for him. And he, he makes his own structure. He's not like a bullet journaler by any means, but he makes his own structure in the notebook to make sure it really works for him. And I use Todoist. I use Todoist, which is just an app that's on my phone. It's on my desktop. So anywhere I am, I don't have to write things down anywhere, but in that one place and it all syncs up. So whether I'm working at my computer or my iPad or my phone, that it's all right there. The most important thing for me is that no matter what system you use, you have to keep playing with it and seeing how it works. A lot of apps these days have way more bells and whistles than people need. So I want to flag that. Totally. Can, yeah, yeah. There's so many things with filters and tags and folders and priority lists. And I actually don't think most of that is needed for most people. You know, if you're a project manager and you're managing big teams and that's a different story, but for you managing you, <laughs> I don't think most people need that kind of complexity. I used to do this and I have three buckets. One of my businesses is one bucket. The second business is another bucket. My personal life is another bucket. That's it. And I mostly look at the view where I can see all of them together when I, nice. when I kind of manage my to-do list every day. That's it. And that might change over time. I know some people who just have, uh, you know, three buckets on their, on their list that is just kind of like short-term this week, long-term this month, and someday, you know, which is, I don't know, after that, I can't think about it yet. I'm not there, <laughs> you know? So I think keeping it simple is really important. I, I personally like using the technology. Some people don't, but frankly, we're agnostic about that. And that's part of the seek improvement. You got to try stuff and see what works for you. Mm -hmm. For sure. What do you believe is the biggest mistake that people make when they try to manage their time? Yeah, it's a great question. Can I list two? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have a couple. <laughs> I know. Okay, good. Um, I think one of the first ones is that, and this will get a little um, woo for a second, but people start without being clear first about their values or what they care about. They start trying to manage their time well without having those pillars of values or principles that really matter most in their life. And I think when people are really clear on their personal values or as a business, when you're clear on your business values, it serves as a set of kind of guardrails to keep you aligned with where you're heading. Mm. So I think values are important and it's kind of in that same vein. So are goals. You know, goals help us make sure that we're not, you know, getting the top of some ladder of success to realize we've climbed the wrong ladder. So being clear about where you're heading and the values, the ways in which you, you know, the, the how, in terms of how you show up along the way when you, as you're getting there, you got to start there before you worry about designing your life. <laughs> you know, because you got you to know what I want my life to look like. Where am I heading? What qualities matter to me in the people around me? What do I care about? Do I care about integrity? Do I care about honesty? Or do I, you know, do I care about other things? Like, do I care like fun and spontaneity? Those are different lives, <laughs> potentially, you know, I can see there's some uh, room for argument and all these, but, but you get the idea. If you're not clear on where you're heading and the qualities and characteristics you want to embody along the way, you can't really be good at deciding what to spend your time on. So, yeah. How do you even put tasks in if you don't know where you're going and you don't know what matters? You can't decide what's important at that point exactly. because there's no, yeah. yeah, there's no end goal. Yeah. And people so know true. that, know that really well from a professional perspective. Cause you know, when you're at work and you have a ton of tasks going on and your boss and your company has not made it clear what the priorities are, we all know that's a recipe for disaster. We all know that if someone, this team is really aggressive and really deadline focused and seems to communicate with everyone with like in a super angry way. And they have a set of priorities and you're working with another team who's like super nice. And they kind of always seem helpful and everyone's always bending over backwards that those two things can't exist productively in the same company. We're not clear on where we're heading together. And we're certainly not clear in our values if we're treating each other this way and this way. Uh, And of course in a podcast, I'm gesturing on the screen here, but no one can see that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I think it's just so important that everyone's aligned and our personal lives are just the same, that we have to be clear about where we're heading and what our values are. So that's the biggest mistake I see people make. And I think the second one I have to list is just planning fallacy. Yeah. It's just being really crummy about knowing how long things will take. We always assume it's going to take as short a time as it possibly could if everything went perfectly. Right. And the reality is, is that hardly anything ever goes perfectly. So why not pad our schedule to take into account the fact that it could take longer, you know? And so we don't want to always plan for as long as it possibly could take, but we also don't want to plan for as little as it possibly could take. And that's what we do most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. I don't know why that's our tendency, but like I said, <laughs> that's what I've been learning as well. And I'm, you yeah. know, slowly but surely getting better at it. It's great that people have the confidence, like I can do a lot. I'm really fast. I'm really productive. Um, and then we just kind of have a short-term memory when it comes to our distractions. We have a short-term memory when it comes to how long it actually took the last time we did it. We just kind of forget that very quickly. So that's why a system like this is helpful because it's on your calendar. (laughs) It's really there. There's some real data to not have to rely so heavily on your memory. Yeah, exactly. 
I've been thinking and talking a lot about habits lately. I feel like that's kind of been my quarantine theme. I'm just thinking about how do habits form and how do we keep them? And, you know, these ideas about coupling habits that you want to form to things that are already happening in your life. Mm -hmm. I'm curious what habits you have in your own life that you think serve you well and help you to be productive in your life. Yeah, great question. I'm going to maybe give a weird answer to this one, <laughs> but but it's the truth, is that I'm someone who really craves variety. I am not a person who's very happy with repetition. And so for that reason, one of the habits that I have that's really useful to me is specifically seeking out time, putting time on my calendar for new experiences. <laughs> new things to learn, new things to do, new things to eat, new things, new things, new things. And a habit is that I always make time for that. There's at least once a week where I have time on my calendar. It has become a habit. There's very few weeks that go by where I don't do at least one thing, whether it's watch a masterclass, you know, on <laughs> online or go to a new restaurant or cook a new recipe. I'm obsessed with new. <laughs> I'm obsessed with trying something I've never tried before and challenging myself, um, whether it's like, hey, I'm going to try painting or I'm going to try knitting or I'm going to try, like, I, I don't know what it is about me, but I know that's a value that I have is variety of information uh, and getting outside my comfort zone and trying new things. And so um, I know that's maybe not the most traditional answer to a question about habits, but the reality is it has become a habit for me to find that variety. Um, I think it's important also because a lot of people think that habits mean you have to become like a robot mm -hmm. to do the same thing over and over and over and over again. That's not necessarily it. It's not about doing the same thing over and again. It's making it easier to repeatedly do the things you want to do. And they don't always have to be the same thing forever, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? And usually I tie that to my weekends. You know, one of the things I tie it to is making sure that on my week, on the weekends, I have at least some time, whether it's an hour or a whole day to focus on something that's new and challenging for me. I love it. I think that shows so much insight about what matters to you and what lights you up and what's going to keep you fired up and excited and motivated. So I, I love that answer, actually, even though it is quite untraditional when we talk about <laughs> habits. What are some of those things that you've been doing lately? Like, what are the new things that you've done in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, well, certainly we've been, you know, we've been um, staying at home here in New York City for, oh, sorry, just kicked the microphone, uh, for the last couple of weeks. And um, so my options have been a little limited, but I have yeah. been watching a lot of master classes. Do you know master class? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, basically it's an online platform where they created courses by just, you know, famous, brilliant people. And some of them are, are amazing and some of them are just kind of fun and funny, you know? And so that's been really fun. It is like taking a master class from someone who's the best in the world at something. Uh, and some of them are, you know, writers, some of them are chefs. And I watched one that was from, that was a RuPaul from RuPaul's Drag Race did a master class on just being your authentic self. So cool. I'm watching a ton of those um, and also cooking. I love cooking. Uh, and certainly when you're staying at home, you're doing all your own cooking these days, which is really rare for folks who live in cities. We don't often cook every single one of our meals. And so I've been doing a lot of cooking and trying new recipes and things like that. What else? Anything else that's new I've been doing? 
Oh, I've also been lear- trying to learn how to draw on my iPad. <laughs> so I've been doing I, I've been doing YouTube tutorials on how to how to draw with my you know my iPad and my you know I what's that called iPen is that what it's called Apple Pencil Maybe. that's what it's called yeah, yeah okay anyway. okay yeah but like I'm not an artist I don't I don't draw but you know it makes it pretty easy and there's all kinds of tutorials I've been watching on on YouTube so something free on YouTube amazing <laughs> recipes I'm finding them all over the place pretty free but keeps me fresh the only thing I paid for in that list is is uh, master classes that's so fun I love it all such good ideas for quarantine too so maybe people will snag some of those up and try yeah. them themselves hit me up for recipes I got I got a ton a big fan of bon appetit these days love it Michael, can you tell us a little bit more about Business for Unicorns and what kind of services you guys have and what exactly you guys do? Yeah, thanks so much for asking. So at Business for Unicorns, it's run by myself and my business partner, Mark Fisher. Uh, We've been friends since we were in high school. We've been known each other for almost our whole lives. Uh, And we've been business partners in a previous, uh, in another company called Mark Fisher Fitness. And Business for Unicorns is really our way of helping extraordinary humans become incredible leaders. And a lot of people that we attract are leaders in business space, but also just leaders in their communities, leaders at nonprofits. So anyone who wants to lead more in their lives, we want to help you. And so we do that by a few main main ways. We have a bunch of online courses, like the time management course we talked about today. And in fact, this year, we put all of our courses online for the rest of rest of this year uh, for obvious reasons yeah. <laughs> and we brought the prices down because we know everyone's strapped for cash so we have a ton of courses from things like our time management course we do a courses on building a team we do courses on designing a client experience we do courses on having difficult candid coaching conversations uh, so lots of courses and again they're all online now what's unique about our courses is that they're not just like a one day or two day brain dump they're actually followed by usually six to eight weeks of coaching with me. So people get the information and then they get access to me for six to eight weeks afterwards and Mark in, in many cases uh, to help them apply what they learned, which as you know, as a coach, is just the most important part. <laughs> you know, you can get all the right information all day long, but it doesn't translate to new action and new behavior. It's kind of useless. <laughs> so our coaches are unique. Our coaches, our classes are unique in that way. So we do that. We also have a group that's specifically for fitness business owners. That's called the Unicorn Society. And those folks are uh, specifically own fitness studios. And they work with us for a whole year, which is amazing. And then we also have some kind of one-off coaching that we do uh, and consulting with businesses. And so that's Business for Unicorns. Check us out. It's uh, just businessforunicorns.com. And I have a podcast too. So check that out. This is also on my website. Love it. Awesome. Are there any other ways that people should go about finding you or any other platforms that you guys share content on that people should Yeah, we, we share a lot of content on Instagram, some on Facebook. Uh, and I encourage you to follow Mark Fisher Fitness too, because Mark and I are you know often on there sharing similar kinds of content. It's specific to food and fitness, of course. Uh, but you know, if you like our personality at all, or you like any of our content, you should also follow Mark Fisher Fitness because there's a lot of good stuff happening there. And that Instagram account is maybe a little bit more colorful, <laughs> a little bit more zany. Our brand there is a little bit kind of fun and fast and furious and frenzied. Uh, so if you're looking to be entertained, that's the place to go. But certainly check out the podcast, which is on all platforms where podcasts are. It's just called the Business Free Unicorns podcast. And then certainly Instagram is where we put most of our, our things these days. Awesome. Thank you so much. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? 
No, just thank you so much for having me. I think, you know, it's so great that you're spreading a message like this one about, uh, about time management, which I said at the beginning is not a sexy topic, but it's really a way in which we systematically design our lives to be ones that we're proud of. And so just like bravo to you for sharing this message and thanks for giving me a, a platform to do it. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, you know, it's been something that personally I have found has changed my life a lot and um, really relieved a lot of stress and given me more motivation and more drive and more purpose. So whenever there are topics in my life that I feel that way about, I always want to talk about them on the podcast because I love sharing that with people. So this has been a blast. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to How Do You Feel? If you're enjoying what you're hearing, Please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Rate and review the podcast. Those ratings and reviews really do go a long way. I appreciate them all so much. Better yet, share the podcast with a friend or family member that you think would benefit from the messages that we talk about on How Do You Feel? All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I hope everyone has a great week. And as always, remember, get out there and do something that makes you feel good today.